Are you seeing the person and longing the person or are you craving the connection or is it about that specific person? Like is it them or is it how they made you feel? And is there even a difference in that? This is Wild Hearted, the podcast about creating your very own kismet. In this space, we'll explore concepts of feminine and masculine, embrace our sexuality and sensuality, and explore what it means to manifest your authentic self and direct your own fate. I'm Shanine, a psychology student, creative, and woman seeking out her authentic self in life and in relationships. And I'm Katarina, a nomadic yogini, meaning yoga and tantra practitioner, who does self-love coaching and currently is busy getting her master's degree in psychology. Follow us on Instagram at wildhearted.podcast and subscribe to our podcast for an honest, hilarious, and insightful look into these topics and more. So my thoughts that I'm behind this is that we often get so wrapped up wanting to be liked and wanting to get the validation that I'm wondering how often do we actually take a step back and ask ourselves, do I actually like that person? Oddly, I would see someone and I would imagine the way that they are, not even really recognize them for what they are. And then go, okay, great. Like, how can I make them like me? Mm-hmm. And you're like, so busy to praise somebody. And, you know, you get excited about the date. And you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to say about myself? How am I going to look? And you forget that part of that date is also you looking at them and going, okay, what are they telling me? And does this make sense? Does it align with what I believe and what I want? Or does it sound a bit shady? I think it's so interesting that even though dating is supposed to be a 50-50 thing, you're so worried about whether the person likes you that you forget to even think about whether, if they did like you, if you'd be happy with that, like if you'd actually want to date them. So you're basically like on the same page with me. Like I feel exactly the same. I find myself so wrapped up in how would I fit in their lives. How will they perceive me? What picture Mm -hmm. am I portraying? Am I putting myself out there? That, as you said, that I completely forget to take a step back myself and looking at the other person. And then I'm like, what do I actually feel? What do I want? Do I feel like they would fit me? I find myself doing that even more so when I really like the person, when when I'm not invested or way more casual then I'm better in taking a step back. But once I got this idea in my head and I really like that person, I yeah, I, I barely take a step back. I mean, I've been in a situation before where I didn't take a step back if I liked them and really wanted them to like me. And then they ended up liking me and I'm like, oh my God, hold on, can we abort this? Yeah. <laughs> and it could have been like, but it could have been figured out so much earlier if I wouldn't have been so wrapped up in making them like me or, try, or wanting to be liked, not making them like yeah. me, but wanting to be liked, you know, and having that my main priority. I was talking to a friend of mine last night and she said to me, it's so interesting how the difference between how men and women date, because a woman will go into a date, you know, they'll dress themselves up. They want to appear a certain way. Like if you know that a guy is, maybe he's a surfer, you'll dress more like a surfer vibe. If he's a businessman, you'll wear like something more 
I don't know, like chic. Um, and it's almost like subconsciously you try and fit to what they might expect their perfect woman to look like. Whereas the way that men date, I mean, not to, this is just kind of like generally is that they would, they take almost like a passive approach to it where they will sit back and truly assess the woman for how she can fit into their life, which is such a difference. I see that approach and I'm like, oh my God, that makes dating so much easier because now I can sit back and I can look at the person across the table and not have to worry about how they see me. I'm more concerned now about how I see them mm -hmm. and how they fit into my already established life. That's something that took a really long time for me to figure out because I'm just, I don't even care who you are. I just really want you to like me because I believe that I should be a likable person. <laughs> First, I'm like, what's wrong with you? But then I'm like, wait, what's wrong with me? Why don't they like me? Do you know what I mean? Like, have you ever had this happen <laughs> where you don't necessarily like this person? But then you find out that they don't like you and you're like, what? <laughs> like, how can they not like me? And then you're asking yourself, like, do they think they're better than me? What's going on? You know, how can they make this assumption? They don't even know me. But actually, you didn't even, you didn't even care or like them that much in the first place until it became almost a, a situation where you have to prove yourself or get that validation. Instantly, then you're like, Shh, you know, I got to. I got to show this guy what I'm like really about. Exactly. What we want, what we can't have kind of. A hundred percent. Do you know how often I think about in my many years of dating, <laughs> all the dates that I've been on, I'm so worried that I've turned into someone who doesn't like the people who like me back purely because there's no chase. <laughs> I don't have to prove anything to them. Therefore, it's boring. Yeah, and like, that's not a good... <laughs> Like, honestly, do I even like them has gotten to a point for me where it's like, okay, I'm not interested in whether I like them or not. I'm, whether, I'm interested in whether they like me. And if they don't like me, it's a competition. And if they do like me, I'm like, well, this is too easy now. <laughs> and then they do like me and I'm like, ugh, ugh, you know, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like, oh my God, I don't like it when they like me. Okay, so you don't like it when they like you, but you also don't like it when they don't like you. Well, I don't like it when they don't like me, but I find it exciting because now I feel like I have to prove something. I have to win them over. <laughs> That's what I got for you. <laughs> it never works out the way that I wanted to, because also I realized after a while, I'm so busy trying to like impress this person that by the time I have won them over, I then start actually getting to know them. And, and it's almost like the goggles come off or these, you know, rose tinted glasses come off. And then I see the person that I've, you know, seduced into this little situation show. And I'm like, oh, um, there's a lot of stuff that I really don't actually dig about this guy. Like, He's actually kind of annoying. <laughs> he talks over me a bit. Back to abort, abort. What have I done? Can we please stop this right here? Yeah, like, <laughs> but I think it's easier to see what you like about someone or don't like about someone when you're not concerned about proving yourself and chasing them. And I think that yeah. could be why I can make that decision that I don't like the guy if he's super into me, because then I'm able to 
I'm not chasing. I'm able to step back and really see him for who he is. And it's not, maybe it's not to say that I just don't like him because he likes me and it's too easy. It's maybe that because that like adrenaline and confusion of all of that up and down isn't fogging my my judgment. I'm able to just see him for who he is and go, okay, well, that's probably not my, you know, not really a match. Do you find it hard to walk away though? Like I find it sometimes really hard to walk away. Let's say it's a relationship doesn't work out and like cognitively mm. I know completely it doesn't work out because it's not what I want. And also in my heart I know it doesn't work out because it's not what I want. But it irritates me so much the fact that it doesn't work out, that I super overanalyze it and I'm like, okay, why didn't it work out? How what can we adjust? What can we change to make it work out? You know? So instead of stepping back and being like, I know this is not working out because it's not the right thing, I mm. don't want to deal with like the rejection kind of thing. Like it's okay when I feel that way, but not the other person, you know. So I don't want to deal with that rejection. So I wanna make it work and I wanna figure out what could be adjusted to make it work rather than yeah, taking it for the truth. It's weird for me. Like I am able to let go and I can look at a situation and say, long term, these are the things that are not gonna play out very well and or I've seen them before and it's just traits that I'm not willing to have in a relationship and I can say listen you know I've really enjoyed our time together and I think you're great and I would love to still stay friends if that's what you want but I don't think it's fair to continue this in the way that it has been because I know that if it turned into a relationship I wouldn't be happy there's things missing I, I can say that but then I still overcompensate in the friendship department because I still want to keep, I don't know if it's like keeping the possibility there or, you know, the maybe things will change and I don't want to completely let go. So I can say it, but I, I'm not able to completely walk away, never, ever speak to them again and, and actually let them out, go out of my life forever. I still want to stay friends and I still want to like, be there for them and it's maybe like in the hopes that when they are ready to be the person I want them to be that I'm like I happen to be around. So do you think this stems from our fear that we worry not to find the right person so we're holding so tightly onto the people who have the potential to be but are not there yet mm -hmm. so we're coming back to dating potential? Yeah, I think so. But also, you know, I was really thinking about, because obviously our last recording, we spoke about that a lot. And, you know, I was really going over it in my mind. And I know that it's obviously, you can't date potential, but it's not that the potential is made up. The, mm -hmm. There are the senses of it in that person. Like, that's what you see. You know, it's not like you're completely hallucinating, like positive attributes. They did exist and maybe they were there like a little bit more full force in the beginning and they kind of drift away and you wonder like, okay, well, I did see that in this guy. Like they, it is somewhere deep down in there. And you think like, okay, you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt in that regard. So I think, yeah, I mean, it obviously it does boil down to like, you got to, you know, call it what it is. But I think it's just like, it's a bit hopeful, you know? Yeah. I'm hopeful that... 
glimpses that I saw will actually materialize into a full-fledged person. I've been thinking about this a lot as well. And um, for me personally, what I'm starting to identify is because it's not that often that you have a really good connection with someone. And mm. then this connection doesn't stand you know, the test of time, basically, and it fizzles out for whatever reason. But because it's so hard to find this really, really beautiful, special connections and experiences, what I've been identifying for myself in this past week since we last spoke is that I'm mm -hmm. holding on to those beautiful moments so much because I'm so terrified that I will not meet someone else again to experience that because it's so rare to begin with so that's why yeah. it's so hard to take the reality of it for me that it fizzles out because i'm like but if that doesn't work out it was so beautiful for a week or whatever it was but two or you know like months years whatever it was mm -hmm. that like I struggle to see the bigger picture and like, okay, that was a moment in time. There will be another one because it's so hard to, to imagine there will be another one. Am I making sense here? <laughs> you are making sense. Like, uh, uh, it's weird because you, you see that in someone and you have that connection with someone and then it starts to fade away, but you holding, you know, it's not like you're holding on to something that doesn't exist. It was there. And it feels almost a shame to leave, to to just not explore that further or have some patience or maybe be a part of the growth for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's so easy when I give advice to my girlfriends and I'm like, well, see him for what he is. You know, like, mm -hmm. this is what he's doing now. This is how he's treating you now. It's not okay. You should be able to walk away from that because you deserve better. But you're not seeing that, you know, there are those beautiful, intimate moments that they have together that they may not tell you about. And those are, like you say, such a connection and they're so special that either it makes it worth it, that it kind of goes in the dips where maybe that doesn't exist for a period of time or maybe they just, I don't know, are not as empathetic as you might need them to be or they kind of, I don't know, whatever their negative traits may be it's worth it because of that little bit of connection that you had that was there and was very real. So when you're asking yourself, like, do I really like him? It's a combination of, okay, I can see these very real flaws or incompatibilities, but I saw something in there that is very much what I want. So am I going to go for that in the hopes that I can get used to the rest of it or I can make the rest of it work or we can figure it out together or am I just going to walk away and, and let go of something that could be a special connection letting go is so scary like for me personally like it's something mm -hmm. I don't know it terrifies me and, I, and I've been again I've been identifying I mean it's <laughs> To everyone who listens to all our podcasts, you will see, like, every time we're recording a new podcast, we, we went through life, we, like, mm. went through emotions. So sometimes, you know, like, it might sound a little bit contradictory, but it's not contradictory. It's just, like, my, or in this case, because we're having a conversation, our personal emotional household, basically. So 
Last yes. week when we talked about dating potential, I was very much don't date, date potential, don't have attachment, don't have expectations, because I really mean that and I'm really feeling this. But the conversation, and I've been also doing like a lot of like soul searching and soul healing this past week. So I'm identifying mm. that, as you said, it's so easy for me to say that. Don't hold on to potential, don't wait around, don't have attachment. But I'm seeing myself doing exactly that, you know. And yeah. and I'm re- and then I'm asking myself, okay, why am I doing this when I know it's not gonna get me where I need to be or where I want to be? And the reason yeah. I figured out I'm doing this is because letting go is terrifying me. It's like I rather hold on to the known, even if it's just the idea in my head in that moment, than like mm. trusting or like right now in this moment at least I'm struggling to trust to walk out of there, walk out of the door and going out in the world and that you'll find that. It makes me think about relationships like our parents' generations and the generations before them because I know that obviously a lot of relationships lasted because you weren't safe to leave or you didn't feel you were allowed to leave mm. a relationship or you know, end a marriage and things. And that's obviously not a good way to look at things. But there's a small part of me that looks at them and has some kind of admiration for the way that they're able to compromise and understand each other for their flaws and like accept certain things, which I sometimes get to the point where I've gotten so, because I've, I think, maybe exposed myself to so many dates and so many different kinds of people and so many things that I've developed like a, a real Uh, so much of an understanding of what I don't want that as soon as I see that I'm I'm able to detach and walk away and the thing is I think that's maybe not fair you know I wouldn't want somebody to judge me with that same like hastiness and not give me a chance to fully see all of my personality before they make that decision and the older generations when they dated Yes, it wasn't always the healthiest of relationships, but in those that were, there was that patience and there was that understanding and that ability to recognize the connection, recognize the flaws, and somehow find a middle ground. Like, are we being a little bit too fussy in our, you know, are we being too hard on ourselves for not letting go? Good question. I mean, I'm, I definitely think... Yeah, I don't know if I'm, if we're too hard on ourselves for not letting go. I don't know where I want to go. <laughs> Someone's blank here. Um, I, like, you know, it's such a big thing now to know, you know, what you deserve, and that's that. Like, if anybody steps a toe over the line, they're out. And is that like reasonable? I mean. I'm not sure if you're speaking of letting go in the sense of like, you know that it's not going to work or letting go in the sense of you can see the flaws and you have to say goodbye, even though it could be something. So in my, in my case, what I'm talking about is um, not letting go of the idea, you know, like holding on so tightly to that idea and to those precious moments that it's a struggle to not, carry this constantly in my now day-to-day life with me you know um rather like it's almost like not obsessing over 
something that was a moment in time, but holding on to it because you don't want to let it go because you're so scared you never experience that again. Okay, so it's not about you not able to walk away. You are you are physically walking away and, and yes. accepting that it's in your life anymore, but emotionally it's still something you're holding on to a little bit exact exactly that like physically i'm very much able to walk away turns out there's different attachment styles and i always thought i'm more of an anxious attachment style which means needing a constant contact and looking for a reaction and i listened to a podcast the other day and it turns out while i do have the anxious attachment style within me like we all have you know Mm -hmm. I, i tend to be more of an avoidant attachment style, which means as soon as there's something where I fear, when when it either gets too close or I fear a rejection from the other person, I'll like drop everything and I will walk away. So I can do this right. physically, also not always in the healthier style, um, but emotionally, yeah. I will like pine over you and I will take you into my meditation with me and into my yoga classes mm. and into my journaling practice. It's the emotional mm. part. I can completely relate. I also have a a very avoidant attachment style. I think for me, it's something I've realized is fear-based. As much as I'm searching for the real thing, I am really scared of when it is real because that is so much, like, there's so much pressure then, right, on that relationship. It's like, you've got to get it right. You can't fuck it up. And it's almost easier to walk away before it turns into anything scary. Um, physically but emotionally you do hold on to that so much because you know that you ended it before it had like a real opportunity to end it's on its own yeah or like if something else ended it you know outside circumstances but it somehow it, it doesn't feel complete it doesn't feel like it's been seen through where it should have been seen through to you know it just yeah it just feels there's no not a big fan of the word closure, but I guess uh, in this, case, I think in this scenario, uh-huh. kind of fits the profile. <laughs> but now, how do you get that closure? Because I'm listening to you saying this, and like I have the exact same thing where I've walked away from something that could have been a relationship, and I still think about it. Like I'm not, I'm not wanting to go back into it, but I do think about it from time to time because, you know, it. I could see that it just wasn't going to go anywhere and I could just see that, you know, long-term this isn't for me, but I don't feel like I have closure. Like I don't feel, I don't know. I still feel this small sense of attachment and you know, when it's like, sometimes you'll see on Instagram and it's like tag the person that makes your heart flutter or I don't know, whatever, Mm. like the thing, the person that you instantly think of, and you're like, why am I thinking, you know, why him? Like, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> the first name that pops into my mind. What would closure look like for you? I don't know, because logically, I can completely understand and I can, and I have like journaled about it. And I have given myself permission to still think about it for a while and to still like feel the feelings and read the old messages and whatever, and then slowly let it go. And I have gotten to the point where I've let it go now, but it's also like, it is somehow still there. And I'm not sure if I maybe need to be doing something bigger to have that closure, like completely cutting ties or like taking Mm. them like 
no. completely eliminating them from my life entirely mm. to make it work. But then it's also like, is it okay that it's still there a little bit? Maybe it is fine. You know, maybe that's just a part of sharing something special with a person. That is an interesting question. Do we need closure always? Or is it sometimes mm. okay to leave it a little bit with loose ends, a bit open, and have like this unfinished romance? Yeah. How important is closure really? Because, it's, yeah, this is such a good point. What are we really expecting when a relationship ends? Like, if you've realized that it's not going to work, do you have to completely shut this person out of your mind and your heart forever now and, like, not even give them a thought? You know, when something like that happens where you a message pops up and it's prompting you to think about somebody that you love or loved or care about, is it wrong to think about them? You know, is it, are we wanting closure so that they never enter our brain ever again? Maybe it's okay that it does. Like, I always think about myself as someone who, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like I can fall in love with someone from just looking at them in traffic. And in that moment, yeah. I will see them <laughs> at the top of their lungs to themselves, not caring. And in that split second, I can look at this person and be like, that is beautiful. Like, I will feel so much for that person in that moment i know this is an extreme example but like i can have there's like flashes of intensity and flashes of love that i can fully experience and let go of but i can mm -hmm. still think about them all the time but i suppose it's like are you thinking about it in a is it hurting you like is it making you sad you know when you think about that does it feel like a longing or does it feel like a good memory? Because I suppose you can have relationships and then think about them afterwards in a positive way. Mm. Or are you thinking as it as something that is kind of lost and you feel the sense of like emptiness or what could have been question floating around when you think about it? It's always dangerous to think like what is, what could have what should have but um that's mm -hmm. a dangerous dangerous game to play i feel like because you get so hung up on it you know and you can go down such a rabbit hole but sometimes mm -hmm. yeah sometimes you just can't help yourself asking what could have been pieces of that or you experience pieces of that yeah yeah it's holding on i love how you put that it's holding on to like those pieces to those special moments and I think it might be you know like it might be also be a good guy even if like if even if thinking back to it makes you feel like a little bit sad and gives you the sensation of belonging but it that mm. could also be a beautiful guideline to take with you when you enter the next relationship because you knew you experienced that once before like you will experience it again if you allow it to um but also take it as i've had that i'm not going to go back to less than that that is a good way to look at it it's really difficult to navigate like your expectations of relationships are you seeing the person and longing the person or are you craving the connection that that ultimately was just like one small factor of it 
that you could probably find with somebody else that was who had maybe more of the other factors that fit you better? Or is it about that specific person? Like, is it them or is it how they made you feel? And is there even a difference in that? Your last question, what's the difference? Like, like, but it really is because what, because what defines the person for you is how they treat you, right? I don't know if this is real or if it's accurate. Who knows what the accurate description of love is? But they say it's not when somebody describes, oh, he just makes me so happy and he buys me this and he treats me well and he says nice things. And that is like a very interesting way to look at love because it's kind of one-sided, you know, like mm. you're just basing on how this person makes you feel. And they're giving you all of those things. They're adding to your life in that way, which is amazing. But I think that what they try to say in differentiating is that when it's real in, you know, inverted commas, love, it's not only about how they make you feel, but about who they are and a true appreciation of them in isolation of what they do for you. You know, when I can look at you and let you go and just admire you from afar, that is a deeper sense of love that we, I don't know, should be aiming for. I, I completely agree with that. That's a more unconditional love, you know, when our love is dependent on how they make us feel and what they do for us and what they say for us. Our, our love is conditioned to those expectations right. we want to have fulfilled. And, um, you know, like every relationship goes through phases. Sometimes it will be more romantic. Sometimes it will be less romantic. Sometimes it will be more sensual. Sometimes it will be less sensual. So if your love and your level of love is conditioned to what you're getting out of it, so, so your love will go through constant dips. You're in love, you're not in love, you're in love, you're not in love. So I think... Right. To have like the true meaning, as you said, you need to be able to actually admire and love the person from the far. If there's true love, you will be okay with that person, for example, finding true love for someone else. Because it's not conditioned on what you're getting out and back from the person. It's the appreciation and the love you have for that being. Maybe being able to see it like that makes it a bit easier to let go. Because if I'm looking at it that way, you know, I believe that this person is meant to be with me because I care about them and I see the positive in them and I want my life. But maybe it could be an easy way to help yourself let go of that emotionally. If you can see them living their life without you and you can see them, you know, moving forward and enjoying their new relationship or new friendships or whatever it may be and to accept that as a different version of the love that you had for them that's what it comes down to you need to be able to love the person in no matter what scenario you find yourself in or in what kind of relationship you find yourself in if you find yourself in a relationship i mean we do a lot with our friends and families right like, let's say you get into a new relationship I mean, and have less time to talk to me all day. <laughs> I will not, like, that will not change my love for you, you know, even though, like, our dynamic has shifted, I will still love you. Um, yeah. I will not walk away from this friendship. So I think when it comes to romantic love, um, to get to that same point is such a powerful place 
to be in because you keep your heart open and you're not turning the love and compassion and empathy and care you have for someone into the feeling of loneliness, bitterness, rejection, you know, mm-hmm. because you can separate that it has nothing to do with you and that you still have this love for that person and for yourself I, as well at the same time. Am I making sense? Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm making sense today. <laughs> no, I'm, so I'm, else, I'm sorry if I'm not making sense today. <laughs> Well, you make sense to me. Um, and what I was going to say, you know, in response to that is it is almost easier to do it with friends because you, because with friendship, it's very much an emotional connection and there isn't a physical intimacy involved with it. And when you are letting go of a romantic relationship and giving it that distance and that, you know, appreciation from afar, you have to say goodbye to the physical connection. And that mm. can create such a bond that that's really, you know, it's hard to let go of that as well. Like I can love, I can, I've in my life proven to myself that I can love from afar. Like I've had friends where, you know, it just doesn't work out. And I've been able to see that we're not maybe good for each other or we've just, it's a time in our life where we're not as, compatible as we used to be as friends and I can recognize that I still love this person very much and and at the same time be okay with possibly never speaking to them again which is Mm. which is a great feeling to have because you don't hold any like you said bitterness or anything but it's also harder to do with relationships because well intimate relationships because that factor was such a big part of it that now disappears. You're making such a good point there. Like when the physical connection is good and not only good, when it's great, it's so Mm. much harder to let go. You want to hold on to something that's not for you or is it because Mm. it may show you things you don't want to acknowledge? But it's definitely important to ask yourself, more often do I actually like that person also out of fairness for both parties you know like it's kind of leading and I'm using you as the royal you like leading someone on by yeah. making sure they like you and then only afterwards I'm like oh oops <laughs> I didn't want that yeah yeah actually it's not very nice to do because when it happens to you you feel like you know used yeah why didn't yeah, you feel like why? But why didn't they tell me earlier? Because <laughs> yeah. they're putting in all this effort to make yeah. me like you, and then oh no! But now you like me. Now I don't want you anymore. And maybe that's like a insecurity thing to have this need for people to like you rather than to recognize whether you even like them or walk away if you need to. You're so concerned def- about wasting you. Yeah, I definitely think it comes it stems from a like need of outside validation. Yeah. And the need of being wanted and being liked. Yeah. Rather than having that again, just in your core and your being and feeling so safe and secure in yourself. That you can raise I feel like by the end of this Yeah, I feel like by the end of this you and I are just gonna be like these super 
like self-aware floating <laughs> orbs of energy <laughs> that are just like oracles <laughs> bouncing through earth <laughs> but are we going to be dissolving <laughs> literally we're just going to like burst into like this globe of light <laughs> and all knowing beams they are mermaids to leave <laughs> Yeah, they will just shoot up into the sky and disappear. I can't, yeah, like, uh, what is the next level of, there's so much self-awareness going on here. It's ridiculous. So much self-awareness. This past week was crazy with self-awareness. <laughs> self-awareness is definitely a first step towards self-acceptance. I think I'm very much aware of all the stuff I do. I don't know if I've 100% accepted all of it yet, but we get there. We get there. And until then, we keep talking about how we're getting there. Tune in for episode <laughs> five. <laughs> Where we learn more things about ourselves. <laughs> Listen to our rambles that make may or may not make sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> beam up into the sky <laughs> like the light the orb the orb of light the light yeah I mean isn't that our logo it's like a woman whose head, head just turns into the sky oh my god love, it is I love how you made the logo and now you're asking is this our logo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I'm realizing that that's turning into orbs. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm putting this forward. I think we've done brilliantly. Thank you for listening to Wild Hearted the podcast. For more candid insights, follow us on Instagram at wildhearted.podcast and subscribe to our channels on YouTube and Spotify. Until next time, keep your heart wild.